Hello and welcome to the Real Estate Nerds Podcast. On this Bad Beats episode, we will explore the human side of real estate investing with a seasoned pro about to make the legendary worst deal of their life. A deal isn't just the investment, it is also the person. Stay with us and learn what it takes to be the best investor. Uh, Rod, thanks for coming. And uh, what, what do we need to know about uh, Rod to be able to understand with the story today? Well, it's a painful, arduous story, actually. I immigrated to this country when I was six years old. I came here from Holland, so I'm an immigrant. I'm a transplant. Ended up in Denver, Colorado. Uh, lived there for 30 years. And uh, uh, we didn't have much. We didn't, you know, we, uh, my, my mom had to babysit kids, so we'd have, you know, a little extra money. I ended up wearing having to wear clothes from the Goodwill. And, you know, we ate expired food and drank powdered milk because that's all we could afford. And, you know, I know uh, other people had it harder than I did, but I knew I wanted more. And so uh, my mom, with her babysitting money, bought the house across the street when I was 14 for $30,000 approximately. Uh, when I was 17, she told me that she'd made $20,000 on that house while she slept, that, that it had gone up $20,000. I'm like, what? I'm getting into real estate. And so I got into real estate uh, when I was 18, actually. I got my broker's license, which you could do back then with education. Now you need experience. But I was actually a real estate broker when I turned 18. And didn't make any money my first year. Didn't make any money my second year. But my third year, I made about 8000 my first year, maybe 10000 my second year. But my third year, I made over 100000 So the, the, the question is, what happened between year two and three that caused me to 10x my income? And what happened was I was exposed to somebody that taught me the importance of psychology as it relates to success. And now I've, I, I, I've come to the realization that psychology is 80 to 90% of your success in anything. That really the, the real estate, like we're talking about on this show, is about 10%, maybe 20% of your ability to be a success in this business. It's your mindset. It's your ability to push through fear, to take action, to get uncomfortable, that, that, and, to, and to get up when you get your nose bloodied that causes you to be a success uh, and, and, to, and to be a consistent success. And so fast forward um, to 2006. At that point, I'd owned over 2,000 houses, multiple apartment complexes in three states. That year in 2006, my net worth went up $17 million while I slept, not 20,000 like my mom's. And if you want to do the math on that, it's about $8,100 an hour with a 40-hour work week, which of course I did. And of course, I had a big head because I thought I was a real estate god uh, and, and was uh, pretty probably insufferable at that point. And uh, I... Uh, I, um, but there's a punchline and that punchline is 2008. Uh, I know you like to talk about your worst deal and your best deal. Well, I'm going to talk about the worst period of my life because it, it's kind of indicative and I think it'll add value to your listeners. In 2008, I imploded and I lost it all. I, I, I call it a seminar because it's not a failure as long as you learn from it. And uh, I lost $50 million, real money, conservative net worth. That's what I lost. And I'll dig into why I lost it in a second. But, um, you know, it, it was, it was, uh, it was a huge setback in my life and, um, you know, and I'll talk about how I was able to recover from that to the success I have today. But, but what, what was interesting to me is as I look back on that period of my life, I had 800 houses and I had multiple apartment complexes. And I still have the apartment complexes if I hadn't cross collateralized them with the houses. See, what happened here was I had 
I had houses two hours north of us here and then two hours south and everywhere in between. And so the reason that I imploded was it really wasn't a viable business model. Now, I started my podcast to teach people about what happened to me because what was interesting is my multifamily did just fine. It was my single family that couldn't survive. And the reason it couldn't survive, and I'll give you some reasons. First of all, Florida doesn't have a state income tax. So the property taxes are very high. Uh, so that's number one, which impacts cash flow. Number two, I had properties up and down the coast, not, not right on the coast because I had C, C minus properties, but I was in a lot of flood zones. I was in a lot of wind zones and that insurance is very, very expensive, which impacts cash flow. But probably the biggest reason that I couldn't hold it together was um, if you own an apartment complex, for example, and let's say you've got 50 units, you're going to be able to stockpile all your plumbing parts. You're going to be able to stockpile all of your um, electrical uh, appliance things, all, all the, you know, you, you're able to stockpile parts. And so if you've got a maintenance issue that pops up in one of your units, you can send a maintenance guy, one location, he can probably get it done in an hour. Well, in my situation, I'd have to send a maintenance guy, and, even, and I, had even, even, I even had them regionalized, but typically they're gonna drive 30 minutes to an hour to get to a property. Um, then they've gotta figure out what's wrong, then they've got to find a Lowe's or a Home Depot or a hardware store and buy parts. Then they go back, they try to fix it. Very often, they need additional parts. They've got to go back. And so what would take an hour in an apartment complex took all day at a house. And you multiply that times 800 houses, especially in the C- minus category that I was in, C, C-, minus, you know, lots of, lots of rougher tenants, lots of turnover, better cash flow typically. But in my case, not. And, and you multiply that and, and compound it with, um, you know, the, the high expenses through the taxes and insurance, um, when the market tanked and people were moving in together and not paying and moving out a lot, uh, it just imploded for me. And, and again, the message that I got was, if you're going to buy and hold, buy multifamily, even if it's just a plex, um, because, because if you've got a single family house and it's empty, you're 100% vacant where if you've got a duplex, triplex, fourplex, or five unit, 10 unit, you've got a unit empty, typically you're okay. Uh, even a couple of units sometimes empty, you're, you're okay. And so, you know, that was the big message that I got from that experience. And I started my podcast, the Lifetime Cashflow Podcast, just to give people that message and to push them to, to buy multifamily if they're long-term hold. Now, let me say this. I don't want to discourage people that own houses. If your houses are fairly closely together, they're, they're, you know, within 15 minutes of each other, you can make it work. But, uh, but I will say this, you can get much further, much faster with multifamily. Um, and so that's, that's my worst case story. I know you typically you go into it a little later in your podcast, but, but it kind of ties into my, you know, my, my, uh, my well, life story. Yeah. Well, there's a couple of things in there, Rod, about how do you, you know, originally you, you got started, uh, purchasing all the real estate. And it must have been something that you had some pretty deep insights into to be able to scale it up that quickly, right? No, no, I just loved it. I was like, you know, if I can buy houses for and, and rent them for 2% of what I paid for them, which, which was the case when I started in Denver, I was buying houses for 20 grand, renting them for $400. I mean, that recipe works all day long. And so I took that and I bought 500 houses in Denver. I bought a couple of hundred houses in Memphis and I ended up buying 13, 1400 houses in, in, in 
uh, Florida. And then I bought apartment complexes in each state as well. And, um, you know, it just, it, 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 I'm great with systems. My, my superpower is systemization. So I was able to do that. Like for example, in, in Memphis, I bought 200 houses in about 18 months, all from different owners. You know, I had to, you know, fix them up and get them rented out. Um, and, um, I was able to do that with a very small staff because of systems and any business out there is nothing but people and systems. Now I've, I've, uh, I, not to brag, but I've, I've started and built, uh, 24 businesses. Several have been worth tens of millions of dollars, but I will tell you most of them have been spectacular flaming seminars. Okay. And, and you know, it's, it's, and so, so those of you that are listening, that are afraid to take action, that are afraid of, you know, fear of failure, I will tell you that you shouldn't be afraid of failure. In fact, most successful people fail their way to success. In fact, I was, I'm in a mastermind that, uh, uh, high dollar mastermind I belong to for digital marketers. And I met the uh, billionaire owner of Spanx. Her name's Sarah Blakely. She lives in Atlanta, superhuman being. She started with $5,000 and now she's a billionaire. It's those undergarments for women, you know, that hold them in, <laughs> whatever Spanx. But anyway, she, she told me something really cool. And that was her father used to ask her, you know, on a regular basis, what have you failed at today? Isn't that an awesome question? To, to, to tell it, to ask a child, to, to get them not to be afraid of failure. I just thought that was beautiful. But, but anyway. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, it's, a, it's a really great question because it really says that if you're not failing at something on a daily basis, then you're really not trying. You're not trying. Yeah, mm -hmm. right? And yeah. like, that's like an overarching principle of like, I think what actually keeps life, life a little bit spicy and a little bit fun is just getting comfortable with saying like stuff doesn't work out most of the time if I'm trying new things. I've got a sign right there on my wall that says... Comfort kills, comfort yeah. kills. And, and, and I will tell you, it absolutely does. And uh, let me let's put my clock, my uh, camera hey, back. I on. don't have the sign in here in uh, where I'm shooting this podcast from today, but I have one that's always in my office that says life begins at the edge of your comfort zone. Absolutely. The quality of your life is in direct proportion to the amount of discomfort you can live with. And yeah absolutely the truth. Well, and so that's yeah. why let's talk about mindset for a minute, if you don't mind, Scott. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a certified high performance coach. I, I spent 20 years following Tony Robbins around the planet uh, and uh, was on his team, one of his teams for eight years. And um, I mean, he's really the best in the world as far as mindset and high performance. And uh, he, um, uh, you know, he taught, and I, I mean, I could teach his stuff at this point. I've seen it so many times times. In fact, I'm going to one of his seminars again in December, just because I love, you know, we are, we are all works in progress. We are all, you know, constantly working on ourselves. There is no destination. It's just a continual process. And like Socrates said thousands of years ago, a life unexamined is a life not worth living. But what he taught me, uh, uh, Tony, uh, the biggest thing he taught me was, was what I just told you about the, 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 the psychology is, you know, primary, the, 80 to 90% of your success. And so um, let me tell you a little of my story uh, in that I'll talk about how I was able to come back from losing $50 million. And, and you know, I, it's kind of an interesting story. Um, uh, but let me also talk about the tools that I used to motivate myself, because maybe they'll add value to some, some, some of your people listening. So when I was 18, 
I had, uh, I'll just give you some examples of what I, how I visualize and manifested things in my life. Uh, I, I had a four-door Granada, silver Granada, ugliest car you've ever seen because I thought that's what you had to have to be a realtor so you could show houses. And I mean, this thing was hideous. But I, I worked with a guy that was a real estate broker that had a Corvette. He let me drive it. And so I got a picture of a Corvette and I put it on the visor of my four-door Granada. And within a year, I had a beautiful Corvette. Um, and I'm going to give you some car examples. And please know this is not me bragging again. This is really just sharing my story. And hopefully it'll, it'll inspire some of your listeners to, to, to model some of these strategies. So um, back then was when the TV show Magnum P.I. was out. As an actor's name was Tom Selleck. And he drove a Ferrari 308, beautiful red Ferrari. And I thought that was the coolest thing ever. So I got a picture of that actual car. And I put that on the visor of my Corvette. Within a couple of years, I had a Maserati look just like it. And again, this stuff doesn't interest me anymore. Please know that. So it's, again, it's not me bragging, but my last car example is I always wanted a Lamborghini. I'm, you know, the guy that had the pictures of the bikini girls washing the Lamborghinis in this, that was my, that was me. Yeah. And, and, you know, what's interesting is I told my son when he was eight years old, I was thinking about getting one and then he drove me crazy and he got pictures of them too, but he got a, he had collected models of exotic cars and he had a model of the exact same color and style Lamborghini that I ended up uh, buying, which I ultimately wrecked, but uh, we won't go down that path. But, uh, but anyway, so, so I was, I, I was able to visualize these things into my life and I'll give you one more example because, um, Actually, I'll wait on that example. But, but um, what I always did um, was I, I always took the time to decide what it is that I wanted. Um, and, and so, you know, by, by writing goals. And so let me, let me share one other little quick process. It'll only take two minutes that I share with my coaching students um, uh, uh, about goal setting because it's, it's kind of a little process I take them to through and I think it'll really add value to your listeners. So what I recommend you do, because if you don't know what it is you want, and more importantly, why you want it, you're not going to get it. It's critical that you know what it is you want. Again, this is about mindset. This is about getting out of comfort and taking action, getting back up when you get knocked down as you inevitably will in real estate or anything else. So, so uh, uh, take, take an hour and do this process. I promise you, you'll be glad you did. So you sit down, when you're in a high energy state, so you don't do it right after you eat a meal or something, but take an hour uninterrupted and write down everything you could ever possibly want in life. You know, the, the, all the stuff, the houses, the cars, the boats, the jet skis, the planes, the motorcycles, whatever it is, all the stuff, write it down. And, and don't limit yourself. Um, I'll tell you about a big, you know, I, I built this, this $8 million house on the beach, you know, that I thought was inconceivable when I was 18, but I, I knew I wanted to live on the beach. So don't put a limit on yourself because I will tell you, you can accomplish anything as long as you make a decision. So write down the big things, the private islands, the yachts, the jets, whatever it is that's going to juice you. So all the stuff, but don't stop there. Also write down everything you want to learn. See me, I want to learn how to fly a helicopter. I want to learn how to play the drums. Uh, you know, write down what you want to learn. Also write down who you want to help. Um, you know, do you want to do things um, for your family, for your community, um, for your friends, whatever? I, I bought my parents a house. I, you know, uh, took them on cruises. Who, what do you want to do for your family or people in your life? So write that stuff down. So everything you want to do, be or have. And I'm almost done. So then there's a couple more steps that are critical. One is 
Um, it's not a goal until it's measurable. And that means a timeline. So look at, once you can't think of another thing to write down, and those of you that are analytical, don't analyze what you write down here. Just keep writing. You can scratch it out later. Keep, keep the pen moving so you can't think of another thing. And, and just to let you know how important this is, what this does is it triggers something called your reticular activating system. And that's that filter in your mind that filters out all the thousands of things that are happening to you every moment of the day so that you focus on what it perceives to be most important. In fact, a great example of this is when you first buy a car, you never really notice them. And then when you get the car, you see them everywhere. And they were there before, but that's your reticular activating system. But so you write them down, then you've got to put a time limit on each goal. So put how many years it's going to take you to achieve each goal, a one, a three, a five, a 10 or a 20. Remembering that as human beings, we will overestimate what we can do in a year and massively underestimate what we can do in a decade. So remember that. All right, then there's just a couple more steps. Pick your number one goal. And if you've got two or three that are similar, pick the one that's the most, you know, if, just pick one of them. It doesn't really matter. Pick one. Uh, put it on a separate sheet of paper. Then pick your top three one-year goals. So total of four goals. Put them on a separate sheet of paper. Now, most people stop here. In fact, most people don't even go this far. But now I want you to write a paragraph why each one of those goals is an absolute must so that I can show my spouse what success looks like, so that uh, we can do whatever we want, wherever we want, whenever we want, with whoever we want. This for you. Put, use compelling, uh, powerful words. Words are very powerful. So write a paragraph for each one, why it's an absolute must, because the goal itself isn't the driver, it's the why. And then take it one little step So put, so that if I don't achieve this goal, so I don't feel like a failure, so I don't live a life of regret, so I don't fail my family. I mean, push you. And, and again, you're looking for the motivation to push you, the driver. Um, so, so utilize it. And step, the last step I'll share. Because they're very, very powerful. In fact, I'll share something with you here, Scott. Um, I use a paper planner. I'm a bit of a dinosaur, and I, I use this paper planner. And in the back of this thing, those of you on iTunes aren't going to see this, but if you watch them on YouTube or wherever you post this, um, in the back of this thing, I've got pictures that have been in here for about 20 years, okay? The first pictures are my gratitude pictures, my children when they're very young. Then I've got the things that I wanted. Um, and and what's astounding is I've gotten everything in this book. I, I built a twenty. I built a, a ten thousand square foot, eight million dollar house on the beach. Now, what's ironic is um, I lost that in two thousand uh, before, right before the crash. And um, because God's got a sense of humor, I live in a compound now, six buildings, spectacular property on the bay, and I can see my old house across the water there because God's got a sense of humor. But anyway. So, so, but I've got everything in this book I've gotten, you know, like stuff that doesn't matter to me anymore. A couple hundred thousand dollars worth of watches. All this stuff I got because I had pictures. So guys, those of you that are analytical thinking this is foofy stuff, I'm here to tell you it's not. It absolutely works. But let me share one more quick story if you'll humor me, Scott. And that is a real... second floor into the pool you had to walk through the waterfall to get to the pool and elevator and wine cellar and 
and I mean, I go on and on, uh, just incredible home, uh, fish tank cost me a hundred. Grand. Uh, I always wanted to live on the beach and, uh, you know, and there's no beaches in Denver. And so ultimately I built that house down here in Sarasota. And, um, but what's interesting is about two months after I finished it, I'm floating in the pool by myself at night. And this pool had fiber optic lighting. It was changing colors. And I'm looking up at this giant testament to my ego that I built to prove to the world I was good enough. You know, that's, that's what drives a lot of people. And, um, and I got depressed just two months after I bought it. It's really depressed. It was like, and, and I'm like, man, what the hell is going on here? I, I built this, I, I achieved this incredible you know, goal that I set for myself for 20 years, I've been dreaming about this. And when I look back on it, there were two things going on. That's what I want to share with your listeners. One is never achieve a big goal without having other goals lined up behind it. Because like the good book says, without a vision, the people perish. You need a vision for the future. But the second thing that I want to share with your, with your listeners is there's a big difference between success and fulfillment. And I learned this from Tony Robbins. Um, you know, I, 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 in fact, right then when I was depressed that year, this was, this was, I don't know, late nineties. I went to see, see him at my first event. His, I went to see my first event with him and found out that he feeds families for the holidays. He's fed millions now. And so I decide that year I'm going to feed five families for the holidays. So we go out and buy food and it was for Thanksgiving, bought turkeys and, and we delivered the food. And the third family changed my life. I went up to this, this shotgun house. And for those of you that have never seen one, it's like a, you, you, you walk into the living room, you walk through the bedroom to get to the kitchen, which has the bathroom off it. That's a shotgun, <coughs> like a row house. And the lady that lived there had five kids. She comes out, she sees the box of food and the turkey. She starts crying. Her kids come out. Several of them start crying. I start crying. And, and, uh, and I was hooked. And so, I'm blessed to say that since then, we have fed over 60,000 children for the holidays. Um, we've done tens of thousands of backpacks filled. ...2008 when the market crashed. Now we take donations. But, but um, uh, and then we've, um, then I've done tens of thousands of teddy bears to the local police departments uh, to, for the officers to keep in their cars when they encounter a child that's experienced a traumatic event. And I will tell you, I've interviewed lots of people on my show and, and know people that are very, very successful, mega millionaires, even billionaires, and that, that are successful, but they aren't happy because they're unfulfilled. So my, 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 my invitation to those of you listening is, I know if you're listening to Scott's show, you're interested in success, whatever that means to you, be it real estate, uh, starting your own business. But I will tell you that Success without fulfillment is not success. So, and, and you do not have to wait to start giving back in some fashion. You can just do something for a, a one family or for an elderly person or for, a, you know, for someone in your family. Just do something beyond yourself. Because, I, you know, up until that time where I was floating in that pool at my house, I was a narcissist. I was focused on rod, 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 which is why, you know, uh, I was unfulfilled and unhappy. And that that process of giving back uh, adds a richness to your life you can't get from anything else. So anyway, I, that, I've been long-winded here, but <laughs> I, I, uh, hopefully that adds some value to your listeners, buddy. And 
you know, if, if, if your listeners are interested in multifamily real estate, I've got a free book. I'll give, I'll give your listeners 200 pages. It's like a textbook for this business. It's called uh, How to Create Lifetime Cash Flow Through Multifamily Properties. If they just text my name, Rod, to 41411, we'll see they get a copy. Um, but uh, That's awesome, Rod. Yeah, my pleasure. Also, I have a Facebook group um, that's got 17,000 people in it now. So if you really want to connect with people, interest, if you're interested in multifamily, it's a multifamily group. It's go to multifamilycommunity.com and it's a direct link to that Facebook group. Uh, and you, you know, you, you are the five people you hang around with. So you want to be around people that empower you and motivate you and, you know, validate you and lift you up and hold you to a higher standard. And, and, you know, there's a lot of good people in that group. So that's great. Right. Is, is that, are those the two best ways for people to reach out and contact you? Yeah. You know, I, I, I do live events now and I've had two sold out live events. I've got my, I've got another one coming up uh, in Chicago. I don't know when this episode will go live. Uh, when, when, when do you think this will go live? Uh, I think we expected to everything to go live here within the next few weeks. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I'm going to be in Chicago in August. Uh, then I'll be in, in uh, uh, Atlanta in November. And uh, you can just go to multifamilybootcamp.com and tickets are very reasonable. It's just me training for three days. No outside speakers trying to sell you stuff. It's just me. But uh, my the best way for people to reach me is through my website, rodcleef.com, K-H-L-E-I-F as in frank.com. And I've got tons of videos there, tons of free content, articles, books, uh, all free. My podcast episodes are there. Um, and I do a, every week I do a podcast episode that's an interview with an expert in the space or you know, anybody from, from someone that's got a couple duplexes to someone that's got thousands of units. But I also do an episode called, called Your Driving Force Success Tip, which is a five to eight minute clip about the psychology of success. So even if it's not real estate for you, or even if it's single family houses, um, check those out because I think you'll get a ton of value from that motivational content once a week. Uh, people rave about it. And that's why, you know, we've, we've gone over three and a half million downloads with my podcast because uh, it's, uh, it seems to be really well received and we're really blessed for that. That's but, great, Rod. Well, I, I know I, I love your podcast and I, I love uh, your thoughts. Oh, thanks. How to have the, the great psychology that's necessary for success because it's really the, the amount that you're able to do with the right framework of uh, approach really matters, right? I mean, you can paddle in really hard, but if you're not paddling in the right direction, it doesn't do any good. Uh, so I, I just want to say thank you for being such a pioneer in, in what you do with having a great Facebook group and a great podcast with that, sharing with us today, the, the motivational um, frameworks that are allowing you to, as you said, even through a crash, we're able to use those tools of the goal setting vision. I was able to rebound. I mean, it, it, let me just say this. It was not fun. <laughs> I thought I was set for life, but I was able to, you know, because I knew what I want and why I wanted it, I was able to recover and, 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 and rebuild. And, and, you know, now, you know, I'm, I'm in an even better place. Uh, and so, you know, uh, if I can recover from that, then those of you listening, you got no excuses, my friends, just go make it happen. Yeah. It's like that daily piece, right? It's like the daily habits of, all things that I do every day that make a big difference. I was just yeah. reading a book recently. I don't know if you do this, Rod, about like when you uh, set aside that time to focus, but it's the new movement now that I read all the time about everybody doing it in the morning. The way uh, I do a morning routine every morning. You can, see the, you can see the recliner behind me. Hang on one second. And I have my vision boards right here. Okay. Uh, there's my travel vision board. Okay. 
Uh, and, and what I do, and there's, there's, I want to build schools in third world countries in Latin America. Uh, so there's that vision board for that. And then, uh, uh, there's my gratitude board because everything, again, starts from a place of gratitude. So that's my gratitude board. So, you know, I sit in this chair um, and I just for five minutes, uh, this whole process takes five minutes. I just sit and think about what I'm grateful for. My beautiful bride, my children, my coaching students. Um, and and I just be, I'm just grateful. Everything starts from gratitude. And then and then I'm grateful for the things that I want that I don't have yet as if I already have them. And sometimes I even get emotional. I mean, I, you, you bring that emotion and that gratitude into it. I'm telling you, I know you're thinking foo-foo, but I'm telling you it works. I, I'm a poster child for it. You know, um, Jim Carrey, when he was broke, wrote himself a $10 million check that, that, and he'd look at it up by the Hollywood sign for years. And then he, that's how much he made for Dumb and Dumber. You know, uh, that this, this, this visualization absolutely works. In fact, like one more example, Walt Disney, uh, he died before Epcot Center was built. And when Epcot Center, when the grand opening happened, Roy Disney was there. And a reporter came up to Roy and said, you know, it's a shame Walt didn't get to see this. And but Roy looked at him and said, the only reason you're seeing this is because Walt saw it. And, and so I'm just here to tell you, visualization is very, very powerful. I didn't even know what it was I was doing with the pictures, you know, but that's really what it was. And I used there's pictures around me here of the things that I want now. So, you know, I'm eating my own cooking. I'm not just trying to preach something here because it, it, it's worked for me. And, and, you know, actually, when I saw that movie, The Secret, you know, I don't know if you heard about that, the, about the law of attraction. That's kind of was like, hey, this is exactly what I've been doing. So if you guys haven't watched that movie or read that book, definitely want to check that out because it kind of cements all this. I think there's something with that, though, is that like where it turns into woo-woo into uh, this type of thinking is like it's typically when it's like if you do it once, like it works. And that's how it works, right? It's like, no, it's like you did it 100 times, still hasn't happened yet. Guess what? I'm doing 101. I'm doing 102. And I keep on to it until like to keep my psychology straight into what's going on. Olympic athletes. It used to be the Russians started this. Every Olympic athlete now visualizes the race in their mind before they race it. It's been because it, it, they've proven that it works. So, so it's not, I mean, it's, it's become mainstream and uh, to, to, to visualize what it is you want. Uh, and, but you've got to incorporate gratitude. That's a, that's a critical piece for sure. Um, but uh, yeah. Well, it establishes an emotion, a positive emotional connection with taking action toward mm-hmm. Ease, right? Like if you think about it, like your your default settings, if they were already lending you to be as successful as possible, you wouldn't need to change because you would already be having all that success. So in some way you have to be thinking about this in a way of saying like, I need to ha- like have my brain rewired and programmed into connecting positive things and positive emotions with that level of success, right? If, if you focus on negative, what do you think you're going to get in your life? If you're, th- if, you're, if you're focused on your debt, your bills, what are you going to have more of? So if you've got a lot of bills, focus on cash instead of the bills. You know, like uh, uh, Mother Teresa used to say, you know, instead of uh, being anti-war, she was pro-peace. You know, it's it, where, where focus goes, energy flows. So your focus is critical and, yeah. and, and it's very, very, very powerful. So, you know. and, and, and wrapping up um, on that, Rod, because I know you have another meeting to get to. 
I um, there was a piece that you mentioned about the particular activator, which I, you know it's about where it's about telling your mind essentially to start looking for whatever it is you tell it to do, right? Mm -hmm. Your example, I think it was the cars right. and how it happens with that. But it, that principle is is definitely true with the same things around finding opportunity, finding finding the business deals. When you're when you're telling your mind, hey, I want you to search for this stuff, you'll start seeing it everywhere. Right. And that's not something that I think is intuitive. I think it's actually like a piece of like spooky magic of how your brain actually works. It, it absolutely does work that way. And, and, and it, you know, it, it, anytime you think about something or give it energy to something, it's going to pop up in your life. I'm just telling it just does. It's, it's your brain is like a homing device and it sees these things that are going to push you towards whatever it is you want, positive and negative. So, you know, be careful because thoughts are things. And so be careful what you think about. And, and, you know, we all struggle with it. We all have things pop up. But, you know, the more you can stay in a positive, grateful state of mind, uh, the, 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 the faster you're going to get to that level of success, whatever, that, whatever your definition of that is. Yeah. And, and overall, probably just happier. I mean, if people, yeah, of course, of course, like that goes, yeah. or a sense of failure or life isn't enough or whatever, right? Like the simplest thing to do is to start just retraining. Like I want my default setting to be, what am I grateful for? And that might be what you do, I think, is that first five minutes, right? As I'm going to start. That's it. That's it. And by the way, the last thing I do after yeah. I've gone through that visualization is I say to myself, it's going to be a great day. And that declaration works. I'm just here to tell you that that the making that statement it typically is. So you know, it's just training your mind. It's awesome, Rod. Yeah. Well, I'm feeling inspired, and I want to say thank you for coming on the show today. My pleasure, brother. And can you just remind us real quick with the number to text for everybody? To get oh yeah, yeah. If you want my free book, just text uh, Rod to four one four one one, and we'll make sure you get it. Uh, and and it's two hundred pages. There's no fluff. It's not one of those things. It's it's in fact it even comes with a companion course with videos that go along with the chapters. So it's 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 total value. I, uh, it, people rave about it. Uh, it's like a textbook for the multifamily business. So, so that's Rod to 41411, right? Yep. Yep. Oh, all right, Rod. Well, thank you so much for my pleasure, buddy. My pleasure. Again, this I'm your host, Scott Royal Smith. It's the Real Estate Nerds Podcast. This was a Wad Beats episode that actually turns out to be one of the most inspirational ones I think I've had in a while. I'm feeling fired up. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Thank you again, Rod. Everybody be good. That's all for this Bad Beats episode. I'm your host, Scott Royal Smith, with the Real Estate Nerds Podcast. Did you see yourself in any part of that story? I know I did. If you enjoyed the show, leave a review to help clue in the sleeping masses of what they need to know and what we all need reminders of. Do your good deed for the day. Thanks, and I'll see you again soon.